All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. How's it going, man? Hey, how are you, dude? I'm doing well. I, uh, I, I have something special to share because I feel like this is a moment that you will be proud of me. <laughs> but uh, oh, I, sh- I, sh- I started a new TV show. And uh, do you want to take a stab at what the TV show might be? We've talked about it recently, mm-hmm. so. I mean, we talked a lot about a lot of TV shows recently. Yeah. I mean, even when we were gaming the other night, <laughs> we had that long discussion about characters. Yeah. Uh, wow. It was one that people were surprised that I hadn't seen yet. Breaking Bad? Yep. <laughs> yes. There it is. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, so I started watching it. I got through the first two episodes, and uh, I'm—I mean, I'm already sucked into it. Now the only tricky part is going to be able to find the time to be able to kind of watch it and keep up with it. My goal is to make it pretty far before uh, Stranger Things comes out in July. So that's kind of my goal. I—I I, like. There's no way I'm going to be able to binge it and get it done before then, but I'm hoping to be pretty far along before July. Yeah, I'd say that's probably a, a pretty good goal. Um, yeah, it's kind of tough with that show because they're hour-long episodes. Yeah, I know. I realized that when I started the first one. I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> so, yeah, we'll we'll see how yeah, it goes. Yeah, it's definitely a really good show. It's kind of one of those shows where, you know, Walter, the main character, gets himself in a lot of different situations, and you're always wondering how he's going to get himself out. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it never ceases to disappoint. So, yeah, and I don't know if I realized uh, I'm totally blanking on the guy's uh, actual name, but the main character, you know, I've seen him in some other things and I, I, I didn't make the connection because he looks quite a bit different in that show than he does in his other shows. Oh, yeah, he's a dad from Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> there was something else too that I uh, recognize him from. And so that was interesting. He's the dentist in Seinfeld. Okay. Yeah, Dr. Watley. Yeah. Who Jerry thought turned Jewish just so he could tell jokes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You are you're definitely more versed with uh Seinfeld than I am. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching it for years. Oh man. But uh but yeah, so we'll be starting that and uh we we Brandon and I talked and we thought about, you know, all the hype going around Game of Thrones and all of that, which uh, one quick interesting thing is that everybody has been keeping Endgame on lockdown. I've noticed on social media, like essentially if you do anything to jeopardize that, you will probably be destroyed on social media. <laughs> but you'll, after... probably get, you'll probably get locked down from Twitter for a while. People will yeah. report you. Yeah. But then um, Game of Thrones which was super sensitive for what the past two weeks, because it was first two episodes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's just kind of like, Hey, guess what? This happened last night. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I'm glad that I'm not watching it right now because that would really suck because everybody was talking about it and giving away details. I was like, wow, this is super um, contradictory to what you're saying about the other thing. But anyways, whatever. We're we're not a movie podcast, but we could have plenty to talk about movies and TV shows, which we do from time to time. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
<clears throat> to not get found too far off subject, we still do have our Did You Know? And it is nothing movie-related, nothing TV show-related. But uh, I did find a decent one this week. And so I, I feel like maybe there's a little bit of injustice with how people view or think about sharks in general baby shark do 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 um but no <laughs> so i found this interesting and i've heard this compared to a couple things but i don't think i've heard this one um but did you know that cows kill more americans each year than sharks do really that's interesting yeah so it says, uh, while sharks account for about 53 bites a year, only one of those wind up being fatal. And cows, on the other hand, kill around 20 people per year. Yeah, I'm assuming they probably get trampled or something. Yeah, probably, you know, because you got to watch out for those cows when you uh, eat hamburger instead of chicken. <laughs> they'll, they'll find you. Here's, here's kind of a bonus, did you know? Do you know what the deadliest animal in the world is? Or deadliest animal in Africa, at least. It's the hippo. Oh, okay. Um, I, feel, I feel like I should have been able to dig that up. Yeah, I, I have heard about how aggressive they are and everything. Actually, did you see the video on social media? Um, a crocodile? Wait, alligator or crocodile? I think Probably it was crocodile. Yeah, I always forget which one does what exactly. I know there's a distinct difference, but um, a crocodile swam into a herd of hippos and they absolutely like destroyed it. <laughs> there's a video out there on social media um, where you can see the crocodile like swerving in the middle of the herd. And it was just, yeah, that uh, that thing got destroyed. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Yeah, because they say that. A hippo can run like 25 miles an hour or something like that, and it's even faster in the water. Yeah. And then they're super strong, and they they use their uh, teeth and their jaws. And, yeah. And they're super aggressive when you're in, the, in their territory, too, I've heard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, next – well, actually, Michigan football team, watch out. South Africa, <laughs> steer clear of the hippos. Which I, I Harbaugh's probably going to wrestle one now. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, they're they're leaving this week. I think they're leaving sometime soon. I keep seeing posts on it, and I can't remember when it is specifically that they're leaving. But they're <laughs> going to be going to South Africa soon. So yeah, I knew that was coming up, but I wasn't sure exactly when. Yeah. So we'll, are they going to bless the rains down there? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That would be amazing. I, th- that never even crossed my mind. <laughs> uh, I, I, have we shared that misheard lyric, didn't we? Uh, I'm not sure if we did on the show or not. All right. Well, before we transition to the next part, uh, I feel like we do need to mention it because it is so ridiculous. Um, but uh, Brennan and I have known each other for a long time, and so we had the conversation. I don't even know how long ago. But um, Africa by Toto came up in conversation or we were, we were listening to it. And I mentioned that when I was younger, 
the first time I heard it, and maybe even for a period of time hearing it multiple times, I honestly thought I heard the lyrics say, uh, I ate some brains down in Africa instead of <laughs> I blessed the rains down in Africa. So that is a running joke. So if you hear anything about that, if you see the uh, really awesome T-shirt design that Brandon actually threw up on uh, social media and everything, that is reference to that. So there's a special place uh, with with us in the show if we ever talk about Toto in Africa. So, <laughs> and then of course they started. Uh, who was it that remade it? Yeah, it was Weezer. There we go. I, I always forget who it is. So. It was funny because remember when we because we were gaming the one night and we were playing Friday the Thirteenth, and for some reason we started talking about Africa and you said that, and that was like, man, that was over a year ago Mm -hmm. maybe like a year and a half ago closer to two years and we started like singing that song that night and then it was like a few months later weezer covered it and then there was like memes about it and everything so we always claimed that we brought the song back yep (laughs) like they brought the rain to africa we we brought the song back to popularity (laughs) oh man but uh, but to keep moving along with our segments, uh, we always are keeping with the same schedule, same uh, ideas and everything. And so we've got Brandon's scary stat of the week. What do you got for us this week? Uh, actually, it's it's kind of topical because uh, it deals with the NFL draft. Um, I saw a crazy stat before the draft saying that if Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State was drafted in the first round, which he was, he would be the first Big Ten quarterback taken in the first round of the NFL draft since 1995. And, that, and the quarterback taken in 95 was Kerry Collins. Man, that's pretty wild to think about. I, I there... couldn't believe it, and then I looked it up, and yeah, it just blew my mind. Yeah, because there have been some pretty decent um, uh, Big Ten quarterbacks to play uh, in college, and so you would think that they would have gotten drafted relatively high. And then also, even when you look at it, there are a few Big Ten quarterbacks who have done really well in the NFL, but they kind of flew in under the radar, and then you know they produced when they got to the NFL. Yeah, there's a few guys that we were thinking about, you know, if they redrafted, they would definitely be taken in the first round. Oh, yeah. I mean, those guys are, you know, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. were the first three that popped in my head. Yeah, for sure. So that that is interesting. I wonder where most of the quarterbacks have come from. I'm trying to even think of where most of them are from now. Most of the Big Ten quarterbacks drafted? No, most of the uh, NFL oh. first-rounders, first where, where they've been coming uh, from. I mean, Obviously, there's a lot Oklahoma. from the SEC. Yeah. yeah. Oklahoma's had um, back-to-back. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot from the SEC, the ACC, and actually the MAC. The MAC makes they, – uh, they create a bunch of great quarterbacks. You know, like Ben Roethlisberger, um, I think. Byron Leftwich and Chad Pennington hmm. were um, drafted pretty high. Um, and other first round guys. 
And at the top of my head, those are the only ones I can think of. Yeah, still very, very interesting. So, yeah, we'll see uh, how this first round uh, pans out for Haskins then. So I, I'm not sold that he's going to really do that well. But yeah, yeah, I'm not sure either. Uh, I think the Redskins drafted really well, so they put some weapons around him, and he does have good running backs, and that can really help out a young quarterback. He also has a very good tight end. Yeah, and that's always kind of the safety net for a young quarterback. Yeah, and so of course, not to say you know if a quarterback doesn't do well, that's their fault because a lot of it does do about system and what they have around them. So it'll be interesting, mm-hmm. but we'll definitely be talking more about the draft. Um, and actually. For the rock moment of the week, uh, we're going to stick with the topic of the draft. Actually, pretty much the draft is going to be covering everything that we're going to be talking about today, interestingly enough. Um, so I saw something, and it's uh, it's another stat, and so, but it's not a scary stat, I would say. But it's just an interesting one, and, and it qualifies for a rock moment of the week because it was the draft week. And so... Uh, Jim Harbaugh, having been at Michigan, uh, it, this is coming from, if anybody's familiar with Zach Shaw um, with 24-7 Sports on Twitter, he has a lot of good information. Um, but he shared that um, after Jim Harbaugh's first four years at Michigan, he's produced 21 NFL draft picks, um, that being 10 more than the previous four years. But even so, it's the best four-year stretch for Michigan since uh, 1990 to 1993. So I, I am including that in the rock moment of the week because I know that there's, uh, not been a ton to take away from Michigan in these four years for people to be looking back at now, super excited about, uh, you know, obviously things with Ohio state, some of the struggles with Michigan state, the results in bowl season, no playoff appearances, blah, 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 no Big Ten titles. But mm-hmm. considering um, how things were before Jim Harbaugh came, as well as how long it has been since there has been a stretch like that for uh, NFL draft picks for the Wolverines, I thought that was quite uh, appropriate for the rock moment of the week. But, yeah, and I'll actually use that as a really good segue because we'll talk about the draft as a whole. Uh, we're going to be, I don't use hot takes, but we're going to be bringing you our thoughts, uh, our steaming takes, um, (laughs) (laughs) steaming pile of crap. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to start off by talking about the Michigan, uh, how things went for the Michigan football players probably start off on a good note and then we'll uh go ahead and talk to uh, about things with the lines specifically so real quick i'll mention um the players who got drafted and then uh we'll discuss them a little bit uh brandon and i will and then we'll mm-hmm. touch on the undrafted free agents and then we'll move on to the Lions organization as a whole. So uh, first up, 
we have the uh, drafted Wolverines. And in the first round, we had Devin Bush being top 10, right at the number 10 spot, going to the Steelers. Uh, and then two picks later, Rashawn Gary went to the Packers. And then you had to skip the second round and go to the third to see Chase Winovich go to the Patriots. Then David Long go to the Rams. And it was the fifth then, right? Zach Gentry went to the Steelers. Yeah, that was kind of surprising. I wasn't even expecting him to get drafted. Yeah, no, I was surprised too. I couldn't remember it was the fifth for sure or not. So Bush, Gary, Winovich, Long, and Gentry, the five uh, players to get picked up in the draft uh, itself. So, Brandon, your initial thoughts, uh, good, bad, where pe- uh, where players landed, so on and so forth, uh, what do you got? Uh, yeah, I think the one that stands out to me the most is Devin Bush going to the Steelers. I mean, that's a, that's a perfect fit for him. The, yeah. the Steelers always have great running backs, or not running backs, linebackers. They always have great running backs, too, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Uh, he just fits their defense perfectly. You know, they're going to let him do what he does best, which is, you know, fly around the field, um, run to the ball, and make plays. So basically, he's going to be taking over the spot that was vacated by Shazier when he got his injury. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he really couldn't have went to a better spot for him, for how he plays. Yeah. Oh, I um, Did they trade up for that? Yeah, they did. Okay, I thought they I, I thought they did. I couldn't remember. I can't remember who had picked ten. Yeah. But I know that the Steelers traded up for it. Because the Lions had eight. Mm-hmm. Nine was the Bills, and I can't remember who ten was now off the top of my head. Yeah. So yeah, I think Well, you were talking about the perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Um I mean there there are a lot of good things here for Everybody, uh, the uh, some Packers fans were not too enthusiastic about Gary because they wanted somebody to protect their precious quarterback who cannot be touched. Um, otherwise, you will get a flag thrown. Sharon um, Rogers, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Winovich going to the Patriots um, looked good. I mean, that's always got to be awesome and exciting for a Michigan player to go and play with. Brady and the Patriots and everything great that they're doing. So basically, and that's a good fit for him too. Um, You know, because he's kind of, he's a little small for a a defensive end uh, for Mm -hmm. the NFL, but the way that the Patriots defense is set up is it's similar to the lions um, where they run a bunch of different packages and it's, it's a really good spot for him for how they use their defensive ends. And he could probably be playing some outside linebacker too. It wouldn't surprise me. Okay. I was going to say, um, anybody who gets drafted by the Patriots, it's just kind of like, I mean, if you're good enough to stay there, you've got to what? Expect a cha- uh, a Super Bowl within three years or something like that, probably? <laughs> Most likely. And Belichick is great at finding guys who fit what, exactly what he wants them to do. He finds the one good thing that, ever, that a player is good at, and they just solely do that. They just kind of take a role, you stay inside your role, do what you have to do. And as long as everybody works together, that's how they, they win championships. Yeah. And I remember Craig and I even talked about that. Was it this, this year or last year? I think it was last year. Um, 
Oh, well, okay, let me clarify. Not 2018, but 2017 when things were like the wheels were falling off the wagon. Um, just the concept of, hey, you need to simplify things. Just get really, really good at some and just focus on that and get really, really good at it. Don't overcomplicate things. And I feel mm-hmm. like it just especially with your explanation, and I think a lot of people are aware how the Patriots do that, where it's just like, hey, don't try to overcomplicate things. Don't overwork anything. Get really, really good and do it to the point that the other team can't stop you from doing it, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, that that would be good. And, and, I mean, his work ethic and everything, he's I'm expecting that things will go well for him. Uh, Long at the Rams, uh, that's back home for him, I think, where he's from. Yeah, I believe so. He's from California. Yeah, but I do agree with you that the biggest surprise was Gentry getting drafted in the fifth to the Steelers. Um, Yeah, they must have seen something that everybody else kind of didn't. Yeah, they you know surprised me a little bit too because the Steelers like to run the ball, and Gentry is really not the best blocker. Yeah. So I don't know if they feel like they can coach him up on that, you know, which is possible. I mean, he's got great size. I think he was the tallest tight end at the combine. Um, there was taller tight ends that weren't invited, but you know, as far as height, he was he was definitely the tallest one at the combine. But he just the speed wasn't there and the strength wasn't there. Yeah, and then even his catching wasn't that great at the combine. Yeah, he dropped a few in, in drills, and I mean, we saw it in games. Yeah. He wasn't always the most reliable of receivers. Yeah, he definitely did. Um, he definitely looked better to me in games than he did with what he did with the combine. But yeah, I mean, yeah, who knows about him being able to be coached up and everything, but yeah, it was. I don't know. I mean, I guess I didn't pay attention to all the other tight ends because it was surprising what happened with some of the tight ends, which we will get to when we talk about the lines. But, uh, but yeah, wish him the best. I mean, with all this, like there, there are some that I look here where, okay, maybe it looks a little bit high for some players. Maybe some players, it seems a little bit low. Um, you were right on thinking that Devin Bush was probably going to be the first Michigan player off the board though. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, all in all, looking at it, uh, I'll go ahead and move to mentioning the players that got picked up in free agency. Uh, Karan Higdon went to the Texans. Uh, Tyree Cannell went to the Bengals. Lawrence Marshall went to the Bears. Joan Bushel Beatty went to the Redskins. Brandon Watson, the Jaguars, and Brian Moan went to the Seahawks. Um, Monet, Monet, sorry. Yeah. Um, the, there's not really anybody on there where I think they should have been drafted in the first seven rounds. Uh, I know uh, I kind of expected Higdon to be picked. I was kind of surprised at that. I thought maybe, you know, once these other guys are coming off the board, I'm like, Hey, you know what? Maybe Higdon will go in the seventh round, but yeah, ended up not getting drafted. And that, that surprised me a little bit because he did really well at the combine. Yeah, I would say that he had the definitely had the best potential out of anybody on the undrafted list mm-hmm. uh, to being uh, in the draft. But yeah, I mean, it's 
running back is tough. Um, can be really tough uh, for people to get picked up on, but there was actually two more players that got signed. Oh, I saw that. Um, didn't it uh, just Ian, get Ian Bunting went to the Bears, mm-hmm. and Wilton Spate went to the Niners. Yeah. Uh, well, Spate. Spate's kind of a weird one because uh, I mean, I still he was still a Michigan Wolverine. I'm not going to deny that, but just since he came out of UCLA to the draft. Mm-hmm. Well, he did participate at Michigan's Pro Day, too. Yeah, so I'll have to remember to add a note to include, because Ian Bunting was today, wasn't it, Monday? Uh, Yeah, I think that's what it was. Or maybe when that's just the first time I saw it posted, so. That's yeah. at least the first time I saw it posted, too, and it was from the, you know, Michi- Michigan football Twitter. Yeah, so... Uh, all in all, uh, like we mentioned, obviously the four-year stretch has been good. Things have been going well for Michigan players getting into the NFL. Uh, see how they do and they produce. I I don't think there's anything here. I mean, I know we talked recently about basketball and everything, but I don't think there's anything here where I'm just like, oh, they, they shouldn't have gone to the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Gentry. Uh, he's still he's still got a great place and everything, but uh, Gentry is one who maybe could have done uh, progressed better by having another year in college. But I mean, who's yeah. not to say he's not going to get the same thing in the NFL? I'm. I think we're both still just shocked that he went as high as the fifth round. But <laughs> I thought if he was going to get drafted, it was going to be the seventh round just due to his size alone. Yeah, but you know, maybe Mike Tomlin and the Steelers saw something in him that we didn't. Maybe they're going to use him as a quarterback. <laughs> Maybe. Like, I mean, hey, they do need a backup. <laughs> you're you're gonna you're gonna shadow Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> well, they do have Roethlisberger for another two years, so that would give Gentry some time to learn. Yeah. Well, I mean, if Roethlisberger lasts. Yeah. He's definitely got the capability, but dude just needs to not get rolled up on or something. Yep. So does because he's he's tweaked his ankles a lot, hasn't he? Yeah, he's had a, a few issues. I mean, he's a big dude. Oh yeah. So he takes, you know, he's gonna take the hits, and when he falls, he's got a, you know extra far to fall compared to some guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a heavy dude too, so he's gonna fall harder than a lot of people compared to Drew Brees. <laughs> right. Yeah. Compared to Drew Brees or like the Russell Wilson or something. Yeah, it's like a or to Kyler Murray who got picked. So yeah. <clears throat> So, all right. Um, you know, wish them all the best of luck. Looks fun. Looks interesting. I mean, Lions didn't pick anybody up um, from Michigan. So, it's, uh, I mean, there definitely could have been a couple that they could have used, but we'll be talking about the Lions here in a moment. Anything else really with the uh, Michigan players um, anywhere in the draft, uh, undrafted or anything? Um, not really. Um, I mean, the only one I didn't expect, didn't expect to go undrafted was Higdon, mm-hmm. but he was picked up rather quickly by the Texans. You know, it's kind of a good place for him too, because the Texans really don't have too much for running back depth. Yeah. They have uh, Lamar Miller. He's pretty good, but you know, he's, he's starting to get a little bit older and he gets injured a lot. And then they have uh Deontay Foreman from Texas. He is in his third year. But his first year and second year were kind of hindered because he tore his Achilles tendon in his first year. And he yeah. was slow coming back. So 
Yeah, and I think we talked uh, we talked about that on how that could be a really good opportunity for him. So yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what what Hayden can do. Yeah, I hope it works out for him. I hope it works out for all of them. Uh, so 2019 season will be interesting to watch for sure. So um, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts as a whole about the drafts, not line specific. Do you want to do that first or do you want to get into the lions and then just kind of talk about the draft in general? Uh, we can wrap it up with the lions. Um, no, what'd you, what'd you have? What, or well, we I'm just kind of curious, us? like, especially like the, the beginning is always the most interesting, like the top 10, because mm-hmm. that's when people claw and fight around and try to, you know, make sure they get who they want when they're really particular. Uh, Kyler Murray going first. Um, and Haskins was what? What number was he? He dropped down to fourteen, I believe, to the Redskins. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, that's right. Um, what? Uh, just kind of. Uh, well, you already alluded that you think the Redskins were one of the teams that did uh, some of the best work. Mm-hmm. Um, anything more with that? And anything that just really kind of surprised you? Trying to avoid everything pertaining to the Lions, because we'll get that right. to that here in a second. I think the biggest surprise, at least a surprise, um, me and and Craig was actually with me, and uh, our friend Jason. What surprised us the most was the Raiders picking Cleveland Farrell, defensive mm-hmm. end from Clemson, at four. Yeah, like that totally shocked us because, I mean, earlier on, right around the combine. Um, there was a lot of people, a lot of analysts that had Farrell going number eight to the Lions, or even sooner than that. But he didn't show up very well at the Combine. You know, it ran a slower 40 than people expected. It wasn't maybe as much of an athlete as people were hoping. So there wasn't really much talk of him after that. You know, I saw him mocked maybe in like the 20s. But, you know, the Raiders coming out and taking him at four just blew my mind. Because yeah. we, we always try to predict which pick's going to happen, you know. We got the first one right. We knew Murray was going to the Cardinals. Um, the second one, we knew Bosa was going to go to the the Niners. Third one was Quinn and Williams to the Jets. So, you know, four came around. We're like, oh, this has got to be Josh Allen, you know, from Kentucky going. And when Farrell was called, we're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got excited because we really wanted the Lions to take Allen. But, um, you know, as I'll talk about later, that, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah um yeah i don't uh i feel like i paid more attention to the draft this year than most years i didn't get to watch as much of it live as i wanted to Mm -hmm. um because smack dab in the middle of that is the hour of me putting my kids to sleep because yes it does take an hour because my kids are ridiculous and they need to (laughs) just go to sleep um, That's mine. She fights it for probably about a half hour. Yeah. So, um, I, I nothing. I'm. I was trying to recall, but nothing really shocked me outside of uh, the things that happened to Lion. So, um, I was really curious about your take because I know that you're you've always got more of a idea of what's going on and keeping track of things. So, yeah. Who knows? There'll, there'll be some. Um, a quick initial reaction. Um, do you have a couple teams that you think will vastly be better next year because of the draft? Um, 
Do you think the Redskins you know, think will the be Cardinals, impacted right away? Yeah, I think so. The Redskins, they were a decent team last year. Uh, I think they were pretty close to making the playoffs. They just, you know, they didn't have a quarterback that could stay healthy. Mm-hmm. That was their main issue. Like, they had Alex Smith, and, you know, he had that catastrophic leg break. He might, he might not even play again. It was so bad. Um, and I believe they brought in... I can't remember who the backup was, but he came in, he got hurt, and then they had to, they were playing Colt McCoy. He got injured, and then it's like they had to sign some random guy off the street, which was, I think it was Josh Johnson, who hasn't played in like two years. Oh, man. And I mean, even through that, they were still winning some games. And I mean, they had Adrian Peterson, who was like 36 years old, running like he's 26 last year. Yeah. Well, you were going to yeah, say I the think, Cardinals? I think with the... You know, with the Redskins, they brought in, they got a quarterback. Um, you know, they got Montez Sweat later in the first round, who's a, who's a good pass rusher. They added some more um, weapons on the offense, too, to help out Haskins. So I would think that they would probably improve. Um, another team I thought improved was the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they got Murray. He's going to fit um, Kingsbury's offense better, who's a first year coach. Oh yeah. Before pretty much all they had was Larry Fitzgerald, who's like thirty-four. Yeah. I mean, he's still good, but I mean he's getting up there in age. He's not what he used to be. And uh David Johnson, the running back. So, you know, they added a few wide receivers. Um they added a decent tight end in the seventh round. Um, so I you know, I expect them to take a, a step forward as well. Okay. Interesting. So uh, while we're talking about step forward, how about let's talk about taking a step back or crapping the bed or I don't even know what you want to use. I was uh, I was a little I, I must admit I was quite bummed and disappointed that we didn't get voicemails because after what happened from Thursday, I know that there was a lot that Lions fans wanted to say. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll just hand it over to you and let you say what you want to. (laughs) Well, like I said earlier, uh, I know Craig, Jason, and I were hoping for Josh Allen. Uh, There was a table of Lions fans behind us that were hoping for Josh Allen. And we were cheering every time that a team would make a pick and, you know, Allen would slide down farther and farther. Well, Allen, I kept telling Craig and Jason, I'm like, if Allen drops down to six, where the Giants are at, if I'm Bob Quinn, the Lions GM, I get on the phone and I talk to Gabe, Dave Gettleman, who's the GM of the Giants, and try to work out a trade. Mm-hmm. Because we figured that the Giants were going to take a quarterback, while the team picking after them was the Jaguars. The Jaguars got Nick Foles, so they're not really in the market for a quarterback. Plus the Lions weren't going to take one, and they were at eight. So I wanted them to leapfrog the the Jaguars, who I figured were probably going to take Allen so they could get him. They didn't do that. The Giants took Daniel Jones, the quarterback from Duke, and then the Jaguars took Josh Allen. <laughs> yep. I, I knew it was going to happen. I called it the whole way. Um, I called it before the draft even, even started. I, I said, you know what, the Lions... They won so many games at the end of the season. They really had no impact on that season. Um, and all they would have had to do was you know, lose one of those 
close games that they had that they like got lucky and they had a comeback or the other team screwed up and they were able to pull out. Um, one of what pops in my head is the Panthers game last year. Uh, mm-hmm. We barely edged that one out. If we would have lost that, we would have been picking at seven instead of eight. Yeah, go figure. And likely would have got Allen, who who's like tailor made for the Lions defense. Um, you know, <laughs> since we were gone, since he was gone, um, our pick ended up being T.J. Hawkinson, the tight end from Iowa, which yeah. this would be the Lions' third first round tight end since they've drafted Matthew Stafford. Yeah, and that was in two thousand nine. Um, I mean, a lot of us are disappointed because Ed Oliver was still there, mm-hmm. defensive lineman from Houston. Um, he is, he's just a freak. He's a freaking freak athlete and he could play anywhere on our defensive line. And I thought that would be a good fit too. Um, I kind of had a feeling the whole time that they were going to take Hawkinson because I know there is the need at tight end. So it's not like we didn't need one, but I just, I had a feeling that Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia were in love with him. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I kind of had the feeling the whole time. Um, you know, I can't necessarily hate, say I hate the pick. It's not a bad pick. Uh, I think initially, initially I was upset, but you know, I gave the pick a, a B plus. He is a good player. He's he's an awesome blocker. Like I don't know if you watch any highlights of him, but uh, he, he will really. drive guys backwards and into the ground. <clears throat> um, okay. And I, I mean, as a receiver, he's he's better than any receiver receiving tight end we have. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he probably wasn't the best receiving tight end in the draft. I'd probably go with his uh, college teammate, uh, Noah Fant. But okay. no, he's he's definitely above average. So I think he should be pretty good. Uh, he'll probably be a day one starter. So I can't get too upset with that. Yeah. Now here here's the thing that got to me, and we were talking about last week, where I was just like, okay, I'm not. I do not profess to be a draft expert. I do not know everything that is going on, blah, blah, blah. But then that happened, and I was just like, okay, the one thing that sticks out to me where I know that they were not smart, that I really feel that they screwed this up. And again, with you, not saying that's necessarily really a bad pick, but it's just like, and looking at it now, the next tight end to be taken was actually another Iowa tight end, uh, if you weren't aware, uh, mm-hmm. was at 20. The yep. lines were at eight. And there's enough drama going on there, especially, I mean, you saw uh, Pittsburgh trade up um, to get to 10, to get Devin Bush. People were still trading and moving some things around. Like, even at 17, uh, the Giants uh, shuffled some things around and the tight end taken at 20 was because there was a trade. Mm-hmm. So to, to tell me that there would have been no interest whatsoever now, okay, maybe there wasn't anything viable that people were offering, but still, I mean, you could have taken almost anything because you know, even if you dropped back into the top 15 somewhere, you should have easily probably been able to pick uh Hotkins Hotkinson up later, mm-hmm. a little bit later, because nobody. Yeah, else that's how I felt too. Like, I my biggest issue with it was how high they picked him. I felt like they could have traded back and still got him, and still got like some extra picks. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, he's better than anybody we had at tight end, 
uh, a lot of people are complaining, you know, the Lions picked Ebron a few years ago in the first round. They picked him at 10, and, you know, they cut him the other year. You know what, that wasn't, that wasn't um, Bob Quinn that made that pick. Yeah. And Hawkinson is a, is a lot better, like, overall as Ebron coming out of college. Where did Ebron Because Ebron couldn't, Ebron couldn't block. Yeah. He, Ebron went to North Carolina. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. So, yeah, I was... I mean, I get it, but, yeah, no, just... Anyways. Yeah, um, so yeah, that was the first... The, the, yeah. yeah, the first round. I mean, moving on to the second round. This is the one that that just really baffled me. So... I sat around on Friday night and I waited for the Lions pick. I'm like, okay, who are we going to take? You know, we need a corner. We need an offensive lineman. You know, we could even go linebacker or something like that. We, we could get that pass rusher that we didn't get in the first round. Well, it comes up, and then the Lions take Jelani Tavai, middle linebacker from Hawaii. And I didn't even know who he was. I never even heard of the guy. I'm like, what is going on? And then they said he's a middle linebacker. I'm like, why are we taking a middle linebacker when we have Jared Davis, who we just drafted a couple years ago? Like, our need is outside linebacker. So I'm like, you know, I, I don't. Let me see what this guy's even like ranked at. Well, I looked on NFL and they had him ranked or rated in the se- in a fifth to seventh round, and we took him in the second. Yep. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, I'm completely baffled by it. Uh, he's he's a high motor guy. You know, he's always effort. He's trying to get, trying to get to the ball, trying to make a play. Which, you know, I love that. I love to see that. But he ran a four eight five forty at his pro day, which is, which is not fast. Yeah. And I mean, you can see it in some of his highlights. Um, there's a guy I follow on Twitter that was posting some of his, his highlights and you can see that he has great instincts and you know he he busts his butt out there to get to the the ball carrier it's just that he, sometimes he's not fast enough to make the play yeah. I don't know I feel like it was just a reach I mean it, it, I don't know how they're going to take a middle linebacker when they have Davis so I'm thinking maybe they're going to switch one of them to an, to the outside so I, I don't know because I don't can't see either one of them going to the outside because neither one of them is good in coverage. And then when you play outside linebacker, you got to cover, you know, running backs and uh, tight ends and sometimes like slot uh, receivers. So I, I don't really know what they were thinking on that one, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think anybody does. Oh, it just baffled me. Oh, you got to love it. Yeah, and I, I guess, you know, move on to third round. We got, we traded up this time. Or wait, no, we, we traded back. Mm-hmm. We traded back. And I was like, okay, what are they thinking here doing this? What are they going to do? Well, what they did was they took uh, Will Harris, a safety from Boston College. It was another guy I wasn't, you know, I wasn't too sure about. I didn't really know much about him. I didn't dig too deep into safety because... I didn't feel like it was like a super high need for the Lions. Yeah. Uh, they drafted Tracy Walker last year, who plays a little bit of safety and corner. Uh, 
But I guess, you know, they let Glover Quinn go, so they needed some at least some depth. But, you know, I don't I, I looked into him. You know, it's a decent pick. I'm not crazy about it, but I'm not, you know, I'm not angry about it. He he's really fast and he plays very physical. Um he's really good at, you know, flying around the field, uh going to the ball making plays. Doesn't get too many picks, but you know, he hits. He he really hits. Yeah. Um there's rumor that they're actually thinking about playing him at corner. Okay. So, you know, that'd be interesting. I'm not really sure. Um we'll just have to see with that. Yeah. Uh, the fourth round was actually my favorite pick. I believe this is the one they traded up for. Um, don't quote me on that. You know, man, the the draft was such a such a blur after you know because every pick I was just like, what, what, <laughs> who? <laughs> so yeah, especially the second round. Who? Um, they took um, Amani Oruarie. You know, kind of difficult name to say there. A corner from Penn State. Uh, he was actually given a second round grade, so wait, you know, they got on. great value there. That's probably my favorite pick of the whole draft. Oh wait, you, you skipped Austin Bryant. Austin Bryant. Yeah, he's a fifth round pick. Wait, really? Wasn't he? No, I got down fourth. That he was the fourth, and then oh uh, my god, did I get that oh, wrong? Omani was the fifth. Oh my gosh! Well, anyway, don't, don't worry about <laughs> okay. that. Uh, well, he corrected me on one. I didn't think I was going to get any of these wrong. Uh, um, no, I'm okay, just, I'm just well, I'll talk about Oruwari anyway since I already started. Uh, so he is our fifth round pick. Um, so even better value than I originally thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gone on Saturday, so I missed a lot of it. I had to check on my phone. Uh, but yeah, he's six foot two and um, two hundred and five pounds. And he also ran a four four seven, which is pretty fast for that size. Nice, you know, great size. He's got great length. He's got long arms. Um, another guy who likes to hit. Um, I, he doesn't hit as hard as Harris does, but you know, he's pretty physical. And I mean, being that size, you're going to be physical. Uh, like I said, that was my that was my favorite pick. Uh, so yeah, fourth round is Austin Bryant, defensive end, Clemson. Uh, he was the fourth guy on that line. Oh, yeah. Uh, didn't get much that. attention, uh, you know, with Farrell. Like I mentioned with the Raiders, uh, Dexter Lawrence, the defensive tackle, and I can't think of his first name, but his last name is Wilkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the other defensive tackle that got a lot of recognition. So, you know, Bryant was just kind of the... Kind of the other guy there, which is kind of interesting. On ninety-seven-one, they said let's let's hope that he's the the Karis Levert of the bunch. You know, because when Levert was uh, brought into Michigan, he was brought in the same time as uh, McGarry and Stauskas mm-hmm. and uh, Glenn Robinson, and people just kind of forgot about him. He ended up being the best pro of the bunch. Yeah. So yeah. we can only hope that Bryant is that way. I mean, I don't know too much about him. Um, it was a position of need for sure. Um, you know, it's funny. I have in my notes here that he was picked in the fourth round, so I don't know why I got that screwed up. You were just so That's excited about uh, the Penn State guy that you skipped. Yeah, around. I guess. I was really excited about the big corner. You geeked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I was waiting for the whole draft and, you know, when it finally happened. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
So we had two six-round picks, and our first one was uh, Travis Fulgham. He's a wide receiver from Old Dominion, which, man, I didn't know really anything about this guy either. And that that was like the trend of the draft. I'm like, I've heard of him, but I don't really know much about him. Are you saying for you the Lions or kind of in general? Just kind of in general. Hmm. Oh, I mean for the Lions, yeah, but I meant like the, the draft for the Lions in general. Okay. Um, no, he's got good size. He's 6'2 and 215 pounds. He's not overly fast. He's not slow, but he's just kind of average speed. But I mean, the size is good at 6'2. You know what? I don't really know what to think of it. I mean, I didn't. I think about two years ago when I picked Kenny, Do- Kenny Galladay, and you know, I didn't really care for that pick to begin with, and he ended up being awesome. So. Yeah. You know, what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, smaller school guys, uh, they're kind of hard to keep track of. So, you know, we'll see what he can do. Um, and it's so hard with the level of competition. So, oh, yeah. Like Galladay, he came from Northern uh, Illinois. And I remember looking at his stats against any team you've ever, like, heard of. And, you know, he just didn't have the stats. But, you know, last year it was really his coming out year. And he he's a good player. Yeah. Our second sixth round pick was uh, Ty Johnson, a running back from Maryland. Him I heard of just because of the kick return he had against Michigan yeah. this year. Um, re- really fast, really explosive player. He's a little on the smaller side. Um, I wasn't really a fan of this pick. I was hoping for a bigger running back, a bigger like bruising power running back because we have carry on Johnson who he has some power. He's more speed and vision. Uh, and then we have Theo Riddick, who's the smaller guy who's quick and catch passes. Uh, we also signed CJ Anderson. Who's the big bruising running back, but you know, I was hoping for a rookie uh, power back. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll like this pick more if we decide, you know, we're going to trade Riddick or something for picks. Yeah, but you know, at this point, I'm I'm not sure if Johnson's going to make the team. Uh, with the his ability to return kicks, might give him that little bonus. But we also have Jamal Agnew, who's really good at returning kicks. So yeah. that's kind of wait and see how I feel about that. Um, you know, the last round came around the seventh. Um, our first pick for that was Isaac Nada, the tight end from Georgia. Which, it kind of surprised me. Like, why are we picking two tight ends? Yep. I did the math after free agency, the draft, and undrafted free agents. The Lions now have eight tight ends on the roster. Woohoo! They have eight tight ends and eight safeties. <laughs> so, uh, and I heard Bob Quinn say that Nada just stuck out like a sore thumb that he was still there in the seventh round. Which, coming into the combine, he was projected to be like a third, fourth round pick. But he did not test very well at the combine. He's slower, not as good of an athlete as people wanted. He's a decent blocker. And, I mean, his highlight tape looks better than what he did at the combine. But, I I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that pick. He's not super tall. I think he's like 6'2". Um, compared to 
compared to one of the undrafted free agents they signed, which is Donald Parham from Stetson. Mm-hmm. That guy's that guy's almost six foot nine. <laughs> <laughs> which I think he was the tallest tight end in the entire draft. He's a former basketball player. Kind of excited about him. I mean, he was one of the guys that I thought could be a sleeper because he's from a small school. Yeah. But with Nada, we'll have to see how it goes for him. I'm him I'm really not expecting to make the the team. You know, he might make the practice squad or something after after preseason. And our, our last pick was PJ Johnson, uh defensive tackle from Arizona. And the one thing that really stuck out for me, who was the coach of Arizona before? Rich Rod? Yeah. How was Rich Rod's defense? Amazing. <laughs> Lee terrible. <laughs> That's one thing that really stuck out to me. And um actually our friend Jason said the same thing to me one day. He's like, first off, you don't draft guys named PJ. <laughs> Second off, you don't draft players that Rich Rod recruited. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. He's he's got good size. He's like a three hundred and thirty pounder. He's gonna eat up some space in the middle. I I don't really know. I don't know about again, I don't know much about the guy. I know that he had some crazy health stuff early on. Um he was having like pains in his in his abdominal area and I guess like the community college that he was at before playing told him, had checked him out, and they're like, oh, you know, he should be all right, and found out he had internal bleeding because his appendix burst. Oh, my gosh. So they had to do surgery on that, clean him up. So he was out for a season there. And then once he healed up from that, he noticed an issue with his leg, and he had to take a tumor out of his leg. Whoa. So, you know, I guess tough guy. Um, Had a lot to deal with, I guess, uh, he grew up in a poor family from a kind of a rough area, uh, but he's a high character guy. Um, you know, good guy to have in the locker room. So, you know, that's always a plus. I, I guess we'll have to see what happens with him too. I mean, we got pretty good depth on a defensive tackle standpoint. So, I don't know. We'll have to see. He might be another guy who could make the practice squad. So, what do you think about the fact that nobody was picked up for the offensive line? That blew my mind. Yeah. Because TJ Jones, or not TJ Jones, TJ Lang retired, and he was our starting right guard. So I really don't know. And we picked up the Aboshi guy who was kind of a rotational player, and I can't even remember the team that he played for. for, um, I believe he was on Seattle for a while. There's somebody else, too. People are saying that he's likely going to be the starter, which, I mean, it kind of makes sense because their offensive coordinator is Daryl Bevel, who was the coordinator for the Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl and then went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Patriots. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he'll know his offense. Um, He might have a leg up there. I was just really shocked that we didn't draft any offensive linemen. Yeah. Because there's been other drafts where we went heavy on offensive and defensive linemen. I mean, we did pick up some uh, undrafted free agents. Probably the most noteworthy for interior linemen is that uh, Bo Benchell 
from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. He was a uh, All American and um, All Big Ten last year. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if he works out. I heard the, the big knock on him is that he kind of lacks upper body strength, and he got kind of bullied by strong defenders in college. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, all in all, a very weird draft. Mm-hmm. Especially for the Lions. Like I said, it was a lot of guys that like, I felt like we reached on. Uh, man, still with Tavai, I hope he proves me wrong. I just, I didn't like the pick. It yeah. just blew my mind. I couldn't believe we were taking him. And then, uh, yeah, they uh, didn't they? The Lions have a shot at um, Jackson, um, the quarterback. Oh, Wait, Tyree was, Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, every team had a shot at him because he went undrafted and went to the Bills. Oh, he did go undrafted. Okay. I yeah. Thought he, okay. That's one guy that I was hoping they were going to pick up a a backup quarterback. Obviously it wasn't going to be a huge impact on the team, but with Stafford getting, you know, banged up the last few years, you know, we might end up needing somebody who can come in and play every once in a while. And, you know, I kind of like what he brought to the table. He's a bigger guy, but he's athletic. He has a strong arm, Mm -hmm. but you know, time only tell. We picked up some quarterback from BYU. I can't remember his name. But I don't expect him to make the team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that I wanted to mention, not lines related, but I realized uh, you brought it up and actually I noticed it. Uh, probably the thing that surprised me the most, and I know some people said that they had heard some things maybe around it, but mm-hmm. uh, the Giants taking that uh, Duke quarterback. Yeah. Daniel Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, they showed a group of. Giants fans when they made that pick and I remember the guys just like all looking at each other and I, I think one of the guys actually um, mouthed what the F <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think a lot of the the fans were wanting Josh Allen the edge rusher from Kentucky uh, you know if they were going to take a quarterback I, I bet they were looking for Dwayne Haskins yeah there was lots of talk the next day because I had the next day off work. So I just kind of hung out at home and watched a little bit about the draft recap. And it was the, the big talk about the next day was, was Daniel Jones going to the giants at uh, number six. Interesting. Very interesting. So uh, anything more for the lions? Uh, that was a lot of really great information. So. Uh, I don't know, not not really. I mentioned some of the undrafted free agents. Uh, there was a few more. You know, a lot of my God, I didn't I didn't take note of who they were. Um, just I just mentioned the ones that stood out to me. Okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. Still shaking my head over, it and I, like I said, I know I don't know a whole lot, but that uh, that whole thing was not at all anything that I expected. But it is what it is. It is done. Now it would be amazing if August could get here and we could see, start seeing some games and start seeing some things happen. But mm-hmm. and there's still free agency too. Uh, 
there's still some decent players left, so they could be adding some guys now after the draft to fill some holes. Um, time will tell, um, but as being a Lions fan, you can only anticipate that things will take quite a bit, of, quite some time. <laughs> yeah, I always expect a worse and then be excited when uh, it doesn't go bad. Ex- uh, yeah, I always expect the worst and be happy when it's mediocre. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Uh, well, then that will lead into things as we're getting ready to close out the episode. We have. Oops. Garbage day. We bring to you the garbage play of the week. The best of the worst. So, Brandon, what do you want to share? Oh, man. Um, you know, I'm probably going to have to give it to the Lions' second pick. Like I said, prove me wrong, Tavai. Uh, I'm just not seeing the value in that pick in the second round. Not that I don't like him as a player, but I just, in the second round, I felt like there was more talented players at positions of need that the Lions could have picked. So, you know, my garbage pick of the week is going to have to be uh jelani to yeah and and that's the thing too and uh and i i totally want to back up what you're saying is just like it might not be the worst thing but the fact that it happened in the second round mm-hmm. i mean because that that's the thing too is just like all this stuff might pan out okay but uh, as we talked about with the tight end you know not trading back a little bit because he would have been there but then especially with picking him up in the second that is I mean, he could have easily been picked up in the third, probably even the fourth, because, like you said, what fifth? He was projected five to seven. Yeah, or, right around there. Um, I think the earliest I saw him projected was late fourth. Yeah. So, just I don't know how it happens, but yeah, like I said, prove me wrong. Yep. Yeah, I'm. I'm always okay with being proven wrong. So we'll see where that lands us, but uh, but yeah, we've got. We got a pretty long episode this time. Covered plenty of stuff. Talked about talked about Michigan players in the draft. Talking about the wonderful things happening in sunny Detroit, uh, where it's always sunshine and roses and smells of <laughs> unicorn farts. Um, did we want to propose a question of the week, or is that are we going to post that later? Uh, yeah. I mean, keep your eyes open. Uh, we'll post a question of the week. Um, we're actually going to have a trivia question. Mm-hmm. And the first person who answers it correctly on Twitter and the first person who answers it correctly on Facebook will actually get um, a small giveaway from us. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> we're going to be doing some more stuff like that uh, from time to time. So make sure make sure to listen to the whole entire episode to be looking out for stuff like that. Um, so and be watching, like you said, Facebook and Twitter. So awesome, yeah. So man, it was so so much of a hype to get ready for the draft, and then afterwards, it's just like such a head scratcher. But yeah, we'll the have... air was kind of let out of the balloon a little bit. Yeah. Well, the the first round and then the second round just really deflated the thing. So, mm-hmm. 
But yep, we'll be. I'm sure we'll be talking about things a little bit more uh, draft related here in the next couple of weeks uh, as we hear things and see things going on. Um, mentioned that Michigan football is going to be doing their trip here, so we'll be talking about that and all sorts of stuff coming up. <clears throat> but if you don't have anything else, I think that we might be wrapped up. Yeah, I think we're good to go. All right, great. So, uh, yeah, we by all means, if anybody still wants to share thoughts about anything draft-related for Michigan Players Lions draft in general, feel free to call the voicemail 551-258-3276. Really easy to remember, 551-BLUE-BRO-CALL. Leave a short, like, minute-long message, and we will discuss things next week. Uh, but other than that, we always appreciate you all tuning in. We hope that you all have a fantastic week. And until next time, go blue. Go blue.